Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello everyone, this is Scott Reichel and this is the Bay Area Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams, do you believe? Quick reminder, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Shell Radio. Now, in this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers as they each head into their Week 16 matchups in the NFL. And we look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting market. So, without further ado, we're going to dive right into the Oakland Raiders as they have to travel uh, to face the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chargers are currently a 7-point favorite. They opened up as a 6.5-point favorite, and the over-under is currently at 45. Now, the Raiders lost last week in their final home game in the Coliseum to the Jaguars by the score of 20-16. to They ended up having a 16-3 to lead at the half, got outscored 17 to nothing in the second half, and it also culminated in all of the black hole pelting the field with objects as bottles were thrown, some food was thrown. I know some people got injured, some people got arrested. It was definitely a chaotic scene, but after such a terrible showing in the second half in their final home game, uh, the Raiders faithful had enough, and they decided to take it out on the field, and they decided to start throwing objects. So the Raiders will be on the road for the final two weeks of the regular season, and they have also entered this game on a very just awful run as they are currently on a four-game losing streak. The Raiders are 6-8, and eight, yet somehow their playoff hopes are still technically alive. You need about 30 things to happen, a couple of meteors to hit, somebody... I, I mean, it's basically impossible, but it still um, keeps the Raiders in the hunt, so to speak, even though the odds of them actually accomplishing this are pretty much the odds of winning a lottery ticket. But either or, uh, to recap what happened last week, though, Derek Carr ended up completing 22 of his 36 pass attempts for 267 receive, uh, passing yards with one uh, touchdown and zero interceptions. He was also sacked four times, and he also had some questionable decisions that he made where he threw the ball away late instead of trying to just throw the ball downfield on the final drive. He also got the raw end of a really bad call. Uh, in the final drive in which he completely slid inbounds for a first down, which would have iced the game. The refs called him out of bounds, which caused the clock to stop, and then after that they had to give the ball back where they would have been able to run an extra minute off of the clock. I'm not saying that they would have automatically won the game because the Jaguars still could have gotten the ball uh, with about a minute to go for maybe a field goal, but at the same point you gave the Jaguars basically an extra minute to operate when the refs completely screwed that up, and I'm still not sure how everything that comes down to the last, like, I don't know, five minutes is not reviewable. I feel like I feel like the scope of the NFL and what they're allowed to review doesn't really make any sense. He was clearly in bounds. He went to the two-minute warning, so he could have had the booth review it also, and they just didn't review it. I thought the whole thing was kind of weird, and it ended up costing the Raiders a game. But either or, uh, Josh Jacobs ended up having 24 carries for 89 rushing yards. Darren Waller was fantastic once again as he had eight receptions for 122 receiving yards as he continues to look like a top three tight end in the NFL. Tyrell Williams had two receptions for 45 yards and one touchdown, and the defense had two sacks and four zero turnovers, but they only gave up 20 points, so they didn't really play that badly. But either way, we'll see if they can keep it going in this one. Now for the injury report, offensive tackle Trent Brown is officially done for the year with a pec injury as he is officially on IR. Offensive guard Gabe Jackson is limited in practice with a knee injury. 
Uh, center Rodney Hudson is also limited with an ankle injury. Uh, new addition to the injury report, uh, offensive guard Richie Incognito has not practiced with an ankle injury, and he's currently questionable for this game. Running back Josh Jacobs is officially out with a shoulder injury, so he will not be playing, which means that Washington will be getting the bulk of the touches, uh, similar to what happened two weeks ago. And defensive back Darrell Worley was limited in practice with a neck injury. Now switching gears to the Chargers, they got embarrassed at home last week by the Vikings as they ended up losing by 29 points. Chargers are 5-9. and nine. They have nothing left to play for. Phillip Rivers uh, last week ended up completing 28 of 39 pass attempts for 307 passing yards with one passing touchdown, three interceptions, and one lost fumble. So Rivers continues to turn the ball over like crazy, and it could potentially be one of the last games that he has with the Chargers as they are expected to move in a different direction uh, just based on how he's performed this year and based on the fact that he pretty much looks washed at this point. So there are some rumors and speculation that Rivers will be gone at the end of the year, which is kind of important because this means that this will be his final home game with the organization. So they might give him a nice send-off, so to speak, kind of like what happened with the Giants with Eli. But that remains to be seen. Other than that, though, uh, running back Melvin Gordon had seven carries for 28 rushing yards with two lost fumbles. He was terrible. Uh, wide receiver Keenan Allen had nine receptions for 99 receiving yards. The Chargers, as a team, though, the main reason why they lost, they committed seven turnovers, and Minnesota even scored a touchdown on a fumble recovery right before the end of the first half, which ended up leading to six points. So the Chargers have been known to turn, turn the ball over a lot this season, but seven turnovers is absolutely ridiculous, and the Chargers will look to uh, work on their ball security on uh, this upcoming Sunday matchup. Other than that, though, for some defense... Uh, for the defense, they were also bad as they had zero sacks, forced one turnover, and gave up 32 points. Uh, in terms of the injury report, offensive tackle Russell Okung did not practice with a groin injury, so he will most likely not play. Wide receiver Mike Williams was limited in practice with a knee injury, but he is expected to give it a go. Now, talking about the trends in this game, the Raiders are 4-1 and against the spread in their last five games in Week 16, and the Chargers are 0-5-1 against the spread in their last six games as a home favorite. And the Chargers are also 0-4 against the spread in their last four games versus the AFC West. So based on those trends, I know I didn't spend much time talking about the game itself. But to be honest, this game doesn't really mean much for either team as the Raiders are practically eliminated from the playoffs and the Chargers have already been eliminated from the playoffs. So I'm not really going to spend much time talking about this game in itself. But for the actual outcome in terms of the betting markets, I like the Chargers to win the game by the score of 24-20. to which means that I like the Raiders plus 7 and the under 45. Now the main reasons why I like the Raiders in this spot is based on the fact that even though the Raiders did not play well last week offensively, they still were in plus territory on numerous occasions, didn't score enough points, so they still moved the ball pretty well, and, at the same, and their defense actually looked pretty good for at least a half before they ran out of gas because the offense couldn't move the ball in the second half. So overall, the defense looked pretty decent. The Chargers with Rivers have just looked terrible offensively. They were awful defensively as well. The main reason is just because of the fact that I don't trust the Chargers laying this big of a number. Both teams haven't been good, but the Chargers have also been extremely volatile because they turn the ball over repeatedly, which is something the Raiders have been pretty good at. I know Carr is throwing the occasional pick six here or there, but for the most part, the Raiders' ball security has been a lot better than Los Angeles's ball security this season. So I just think this is too many points. And I think the Chargers will win because they have more talent, but I think the Raiders should be able to keep this game close. So for me, 
I'll take the Raiders plus seven. I like the under 45. Also because of the fact that the Raiders and the Chargers offensive lines are a bit banged up. So I think that both teams will struggle to create a lot of big plays in the passing game. And Jacobs being out also will impact some of the big play runs. Washington's a pretty good backup, and I think he should play pretty well. But Jacobs is one of the favorites to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been that good, and I think this will be a relatively lower scoring game. So I like the Raiders plus 7 and the under 45. However, if you want more information about the Raiders ex exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Chargers. Now, some people always ask me, where do I place my bets? What's a reliable uh, book? You know, where should I be? betting on all these football games. And for me, the answer is simple, my bookie. If you're, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to try to win a lot, in a parlay, for example, if you like to bet a couple of big favorites, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. And my bookie has more lines and better odds for a player than any other sportsbook around. If you if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. So if you end up depositing $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is enter the promo code BLV, that's the letters BLV, to activate the cash offer. Once again, the promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Now, other people always ask me, uh, what are some of my favorite hobbies besides gambling? I also like to watch movies, but one of my favorite hobbies by far, it's a hobby that all of us share, it is sleeping, at least most of you, I hope. And one of the biggest problems that people have with sleep is temperature. It's tough to get a good sleep if you're too hot or too cold, which is an issue that definitely impacts me sometimes. And I want to, that's why I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness by learning your sleep habits and adjusting the bed temperature automatically, which means that if you, if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have it both ways instead of having to argue on which one you'd rather choose. Uh, try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, uh, they will refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup for a limited time offer. You could also get $150 off your purchase when you go to eatsleep.com slash pro. Once again, eatsleep.com slash pro, and you can get $150 off of your purchase. Now, switching gears, talking about the second game, the main game here, on a special edition of Saturday Night Football, we got the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, finally, at long last, the Thursday Night Football of this season is over, and they've officially switched it to a couple of Saturday games to try to compensate for the lack of college football, as well as to give some teams some extra added preparation time with some playoff races still in the balance. So, in this game, it will be taking place in San Francisco, and San Francisco opened up as a six-point favorite. They've currently been bet up to six and a half, and the over-under has gone from 46 and a half to 44 and a half. The 49ers lost to the Falcons last week by the score of 29 to 22 at home. 29-22, uh, the score was definitely uh, closer than that, as you had that fumble a return touchdown, which a lot of people have talked about for gambling because of the fact that it helps swing the over-under. Luckily, from last week, we had the over, so we actually benefited from that one. But overall, though, this game was extremely close. 49ers probably should have won the game. Kittle ended up fumbling the ball out of bounds on third and four when he probably could have picked up the first down. But they ended up having to punt it back. Then the Falcons scored a touchdown with four seconds left with Hooper, who I thought caught the ball, but they ended up ruling it was incomplete. Then the next play, Julio was ruled short. They reviewed it, they got the call right, and Julio broke the plane. So the 49ers ended up losing, which means that the Seahawks are now in possession of first place due to the tiebreaker. I don't know how much of that will matter because of the fact that these two teams will be playing each other again in Week 17, most likely for the division, but as of right now, the 49ers are currently the 5 seed, and they would most likely play the 
uh, winner of the NFC East in the first round on the road. If the standings hold, so they're either going to play the Eagles or the Cowboys unless they're able to overtake the Seahawks once again and hopefully for good. But overall, recapping last week, Jimmy Garoppolo completed 22 of 34 pass attempts for 200 passing yards with one passing touchdown and zero interception. Uh, running back Raheem Mostert had 14 carries for 54 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown. However, he also did lose a fumble, which ended up costing the 49ers some uh, potential points that could have swung the game. But as a whole, 49ers against uh, 49ers running the ball was pretty solid. They had 27 carries for 120 rushing yards, which is equivalent to 4.4 yards per carry, and they also had one rushing touchdown. Now, the person who made the biggest impact on offense was by far tight end George Kittle, who had 13 receptions for 134 receiving yards, and to just showcase how much how well he played, no other receiver on the entire 49ers roster had two receptions. So the second highest person had two receptions, and Kittle had 13. He was unstoppable. Nobody else really contributed. Sanders did nothing. Uh, Samuel did nothing. Bourne did nothing. But Kittle did everything. And Garoppolo ended up completing 13 of his 22 completions to Kittle. And he will look to continue rolling as he still looks like the best tight end in all of pro football. Now for the 49ers defense, they actually played pretty well despite the outcome. They ended up having two sacks. They forced one turnover. And they gave up only 290 total yards. And they also ended up giving up uh, 23 points as the fumble touchdown at the end isn't the fault of the defense. So the defense played pretty well considering the injuries with D. Ford and Richard Sherman. But they're going to get some key pieces back, so they should they should look a lot better this upcoming week on Saturday night against the Rams. Now talking about the injury report, defensive end D. Ford, safety Jaquiski Tart and defensive tackle Julian Taylor continue to miss practice. They are all currently being listed as questionable, but Ford is potentially going to be able to suit up, but it's pretty unlikely. So all of them are most likely doubtful, but that remains to be seen. And cornerbacks on the bright side, though, Richard Sherman, who is dealing with a hamstring injury, and cornerback Quan Williams with a concussion. They both practiced for the last two days, so they both are expected to return to the lineup. So that is definitely going to be a huge boost for the 49ers secondary, who struggled containing Julio last week, and they will look to keep Cup and Brandon Cooks in check in this upcoming matchup, also Robert Woods. Now switching gears to the Rams, they ended up getting embarrassed last week on the road by the Dallas Cowboys. They ended up losing by the score of 44-21. They have an 8-6 record, which means that they need a lot to go well for them in order to make the playoffs. They need to pretty much win out, and they need the Vikings to lose out, which is pretty unlikely, but it is still possible. So the Rams are still in the playoff hunt, but if they end up losing this game, or if the Vikings are able to beat the Green Bay Packers, on Monday night, which should be pretty difficult considering the fact that Dalvin Cook has officially been announced out for that game. But if the Vikings are able to win or if the Rams lose, they are officially eliminated from playoff contention, which is worth keeping in mind. Now, talking about what happened last week for the Rams, uh, yeah, they got embarrassed. Jared Goff really just did not look good. He ended up completing 33 of 51 pass attempts for 284 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and one interception. Meanwhile, running back Todd Gurley did absolutely nothing as he had 11 carries for 20 uh, rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. He was held completely in check, and the rushing touchdown he had was in garbage time late in the fourth quarter when the Rams were basically down 30. So he did nothing for about three and a half quarters. Uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup had six receptions for 41 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown, which came really late in the fourth quarter. And tight end Tyler Higby was great once again as he had 12 receptions for 111 receiving yards. Now, the Rams' defense last week 
was absolutely abysmal. Uh, the defense had zero sacks for zero turnovers and allowed 263 rushing yards. 200-yard rushers uh, with Elliott and Pollard, and they just got dominated at the line of scrimmage, and the 49ers will look to do the exact same as their offensive line has gotten healthy over the last couple of weeks, and the Rams have shown a huge Achilles heel in dealing with the run, so look for the 49ers to have a heavy dose of ground and pound in this one. But talking about the injury report, though, cornerback Troy Hill did not practice this week due to a thumb injury. He's currently being listed as questionable, but he's leaning towards doubtful. Kicker Greg Zerline has not practiced all week due to a quad injury, which is actually a huge deal because Zerline is probably one of the best. He's definitely a top five kicker in all of the NFL. And if he is unable to go, that will be a huge uh, loss on the Rams special teams unit. But he has not practiced. It's currently looking like he will not be able to go, but that remains to be seen. And tight end Gerald Everett is a full participant in practice, which means that Higby should be seeing a reduction in uh, you know, his production as Everett will most likely split the snaps with Higby like he did in the past, but that remains to be seen. Now, talking about the trends for this game, the Rams have struggled lately against the 49ers as the Rams are 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight meetings with the 49ers, and the 49ers are 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven Saturday games. So for this game, I like the 49ers to win by the score of 27-17, to 17, which means that I like the 49ers minus 6.5, and, and I also like the under 44 and a half. Now, the main reasons why I like the 49ers in this game, first of all, uh, they're just the healthier team for me. I know that the 49ers have been banged up, but getting Sherman back in the secondary uh, is a huge deal. Also, getting back Williams will definitely help uh, as they were unable to contain Julio. I'm concerned with Goff and the Rams offensive line. Uh, the Rams offensive line has been awful all season long, and Gurley's inability to get going has definitely put a lot of pressure on Goff, which he's been unable to answer the call for. The 49ers still have one of the best defensive lines in the entire league, and I think they should get after Goff. They'll pressure him, they'll force him into making some mistakes, and I think that if they can stop Gurley, I expect the Rams offense to sputter as it has in the past. Meanwhile, the 49ers off offense will most likely stick to a ground and pound game, which should eat up a ton of clock, as the Rams have shown last week that they cannot stop the run whatsoever against solid offensive lines. I expect Mostert to get back on track. Breida should play better. You might see a little bit more of Coleman after Breida also fumbled last week, but that remains to be seen. I just think the 49ers are a better overall team. I think Garoppolo will play well at home. I think the crowd will be very into it, and I think the Rams, even though they have everything at stake, they just haven't been that good this season. They've been very underwhelming since they made the Super Bowl last year. A lot of that's to do with the fact that Goff has been uh, well, he hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been great. I'd say he's been slightly below average, but the offensive line is a huge issue, and the defensive line also got exposed. I just think the 49ers will dominate in the trenches, and I think they should be able to win this game by 10 points, and I also like the under as a result because of both team secondaries when healthy. Though I think they'll limit big plays. I think this game should turn in to a bit of a defensive slugfest, and I think this game will go under as the 49ers cover with relative ease. However, if you want more information about the 49ers exclusively, Belief has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can reach me at Reichel Radio. Once again, though, that's going to be with this installment of Betting Bay Area here with the Believe Podcast Network. Good luck to all of you and respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.